the frying pan. And into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode one of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast so fresh it could be a substitute for maggoty bread. My name is Stuart and with me as co-hosts are Dan. Hello. And Sam. Hello. Um, So welcome back. Um, If you've uh, listened to episode zero and you're still with us, thank you. may be surprised. If you haven't listened to episode zero, go and check it out. It's a... it's a bit of a kind of introduction to who we are and what the podcast is 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 going to be really. Um, it gives you a bit of context for the kind of rabble that we're going to be uh, going to be over the, the coming shows. So, what have we got coming up on this episode one? So, uh, first of all, we're going to have our mini meeting section um, section where we kind of talk about what we've been up to in the hobby recently, um, what we're currently working on, what plans we got for the future, um, talk about any news and releases and that kind of thing. Um, and then for our main topic today, um, we're going to be talking a bit about the profile cards, doing a bit of a review on them. Um, Sam and I have picked some up. Um, we're also going to be talking about sort of other gaming aids we've been using and what we've been using prior to that um, and how they compare with some of the other game systems we've we've sort of used before. So I used to play War Machine and we had new cards and that. So you know, when these first came out, that was a bit of a, a bit of excitement for the for, for the kind of for the familiarity of using cards. So we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about that. Um, and, and that's really it for the show. So um, uh, we'll take a short break now and we'll come back with many meetings. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game. Shop. Drink. Hello and welcome back. So straight into many meetings. Um, so what have we been up to recently? Since episode zero, we've had precisely ooh, twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> going behind the curtain, there we maybe feel uh, maybe uh, recording these both in the same nights. But um, um, who wants to talk about what they've been 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 up to first? Dan, do you want to do you want to sort of crack off what you've been up to recently? You mentioned in the last year you've been finishing off your your Iron Hills, and you've only recently finished that, haven't you? Yeah, as I was of Sunday, so uh, what three days ago? Um, I finished my ballista, which was my final for the seven fifty. I do plan to push to a thousand. Um, that's going to finish off with the chariot, I think, at least for this iteration of the army. But uh, I've, I've spent quite a lot on those, obviously, given they are all delicious Forge World resin, and that comes with the inherent uh, <laughs> damage on the wallet. But they are such beautiful models, and I've really enjoyed painting them. They're, they're very different. They're very um, well-themed. They they really got the sort of the, the spirit of the army down so beautifully in the model range um, from the movies, particularly the extended version of five armies. So, yeah, you know, Dane is perfect. Models. Yeah. Yeah. I was very impressed and they're not as flimsy as I was expecting. Actually, I was expecting snapped spears all over the shop and yeah, some of the, the guys I play with um, locally are 
you know, a less a less gentle than some others, and I've not yet had a, a broken spear, so I'm, I'm I'm doing quite well, and that's including me. And I've ridiculous, like, you know, man thumbs, and I, I break things on a regular basis. So it's uh, it's been quite nice to sort of put them together, even if uh, you know, trying to make sure that uh, spear A or one meets onto dwarf one with shield one. So uh, it, it, when I was um, running some very early games. Uh, they weren't fully finished yet, so I was, some interesting uh, photos may have appeared on Instagram of them still on their little blocks of the the, the wastegates from the <laughs> from the extrusion, just so I can keep track of what belongs to what. Um, but yeah, it's been really really good to get you know that first army done for your for your new game system that you're enthusiastic about and you're playing. It's it's nothing quite like it. Really. It's, You've done it really quickly. It is an accomplishment. Well. You've done it really quickly yeah. as well, haven't you? I mean, I suppose in the context of of some gamers and how long it takes them to collect an army, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you 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 brought your kind of work ethic of right. I'm going to buy this, paint it. I've got a plan. Bang, bang, bang. But you seem to have yeah. got through it really quickly. Yeah, as quickly as I was able. I mean, uh, life gets in the way. The last couple of months have been interesting. Uh, without getting too <laughs> personal about it, um, so it, it sort of did cause a few little hiccups along the way for, for what my original plan of progression for getting the army done. I did originally plan on having it done sort of you know pretty much a month before end up being done but still I think about three three and a bit months it took to paint 750 points which you know i'll take yeah it's um, not bad going at all i managed to blag some of the uh generation basing form as well which are brilliant i've used resin bases from a lot of different manufacturers right up there they are cracking bases really impressed by those so shout out to generation shift very very good um yeah now it's just focusing on the sort of the next step as you may have touched upon in uh episode zero you've planning an event for next year and uh, Sam and I are teaming up for that for the doubles and so that meant a new army for me <laughs> you, well, Sam wanted to run what he wanted to run so I threw the book and find my green alliances and uh, went oh La Florian fantastic uh, I do and then I looked at how much um, yeah Calibor was and nearly cried and then it turns out he came out uh, recently on the uh, to order and then he turned up and he was metal which was a bit of a surprise in itself <laughs> So I wasn't expecting that when I got out of the box this morning. So I went and picked those up, you know, the red slip of death. Went down to the, the office at 7am this morning to pick them up before work. Had a bit of time before I needed to start. Thought, oh, you know, I'll get them out of the box. Oh, metal. <laughs> I forgot how much of a pain they are to pin. So I think they make but, them, I think they when they bring them out, I think they bring them out most of the time in the, the previous the last material that they were made available in mm. so some of them come back in in, in fine cast resin it's not even called fine cast resin anymore but whatever that resin is and we won't go down that rabbit hole of just talking about whether it's good or not but um, it's better than it used to be <laughs> yeah it better is better than, than it used to be, to be. definitely um, yeah so anyway back to metal what were you yeah well it's just uh, it's been very interesting nostalgic so to speak uh, getting back to using that material um, I'm interested to uh would like to paint on again it's been such a long time i think the last thing i painted in metal was probably war machine miniatures um which was many moons ago painting cricks so um <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um but i'm really looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to a very paint scheme and style to the iron hills again painting quite clean and um the basic materials are going to be up there i want to do lots of sort of you know autumnal sort of lots of leaf litter and things like that so i've got some ideas about those getting one of those leaf punches and stuff so yeah, it's going to be lots of good fun for that. A completely different um, palette and look to your the the Iron Hills. While you might be saying they're the same kind of clean style, 
you've got that kind of hard metal and stone and very dry arid kind of basis you've got and then mm. this is going to be well obviously what dwarves and what elves are but it'd be quite nice to do the very very different armies for you to paint yeah it's somewhat more organic i think in start i'm gonna go sort of um that autumnal sort of you know the the change of color in the trees um the the gw paint job for the the guards of the galadrim course is all blues but i think i'm going to go with sort of that sort of uh oxblood reds and browns that kind of uh-huh. very autumnal theme with lots of um sort of yellows oranges if i can get them in there um sort of creams if i can we we'll see how it goes i think it's going to be one of those organic processes i'll, I'll sort of tinker around with it and see what works yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, well, you're going to do a good job of it. You're a very neat painter, and that, that kind of lends itself really well to not only this scale of painting when it's true scale 28, but also things like elves. Um, I think you'll, mm. uh, I think I know you said in the last cast that you're very used to doing that kind of weathered weather look, which you do, but you're also very neat when you do it. Your free hand is in- incredible on the things you do. So when you start getting chance to do that on banners and things in this game, I think you're going to uh, show a few people what you can do. I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing I'm looking it. Forward. Yeah, the, the banners is definitely something up there, and as I've always been into uh, the books, and particularly the Alan Lee illustrations, where you start to look at the way he does the symbology and, and the, sort of the banners and pennants and, and things like that. So I'm looking forward to getting involved with that as part of the hobby in general. Uh-huh. Definitely, definitely. So what about yourself then, Sam? What have you been up to recently, and what have you got planned? SPG-wise, of course. I have been knee deep in Shire folk over the last few months. <laughs> knee deep in them, or they are up to your knees? Wait, I'm knee deep in them, or that? Um, I think technically we're the same height. Um, <laughs> something along those lines. You're very um, sure, dangerous over short distances. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just like food. We have a fondness for food. And piped well, pipe tobacco is definitely not on, on the cards, but yeah, um, definitely have a fondness for food um, and all things good. Um, yeah, I, I can't even remember the last tally of exactly how many Hobbit miniatures we uh, we have currently sitting in uh, in my office, but I think it's somewhere it's definitely over a hundred models. I think mostly sheriffs because they seem to be the things that everyone selling really cheap on eBay. Um, and uh, yeah, I got those all painted really quick. So um, they're all to a Sam tabletop standard, which uh, people who know me from previous projects know that I am more of a I like to play socially. I'm not I'm trying not to make it sound like a uh, a pity party or a, a turner up. <laughs> but I I am not the same class of painter as Dan and Stuart. I am very much a I want it to look good on the table from far away and that's all i really care about i don't necessarily win painting competitions but i like to give it a try um so painting the hobbits for me was a very quick process um, they look great I, though they look great we had a game and they look they look fantastic on the table which is what you're aiming for yeah, so, thank you win um i basically sorted them all into lots of different groups and sprayed i think um uh, roughly about six or seven of the same group of different models uh particular greens browns and beiges so it was a quick process and then it was a case of just doing the flesh doing any little bits like the little feathers in the hats and any of the uh, like sticks on the sheriffs um which the citadel contrast paints the saigor brown was a fantastic help for this project yeah, for the sheer amount of things that i had to do 
and yeah, it helped me get the the army on the table quickly. I then got to spend a little bit of time on the uh, the four uh, major heroes for the Shire army. Um, still need a little bit of work, but they're good enough for the table. Um, and then stupidly decided to then start painting uh, a Rangers of Athelian army and then <laughs> an Urukai army. And none of it's finished at the moment, but uh, the Urukais are definitely closer to a tabletop standard than the Rangers of Athelian are. Um, and I'm, I keep turning around uh, to my desk and I keep looking at the four, the first four Hobbit characters that came out from Forge World and I keep thinking, I need to paint them because they're so nice in the game. You should um, definitely paint them. They're, they're, ju they're just beautiful models as well and I want to try and do them justice and on the verge of saying that and then all of a sudden I start painting a fellowship army so um, I am very much the attracted to shiny objects in this situation because there are so many nice shiny objects that are nostalgic to me because obviously the fellowship is the, the big thing of Lord of the Rings and then all the other armies have a, a certain place in my heart of why I love them X, Y and Z but Sticky buns is the main reason for the, the Shire folk, but uh, anyone who knows me knows I have a, a big fondness for food. Um, for some reason, I relate to hobbits very well. Bait goods first, fellowship second, and then, I don't know, yeah. what, what, what are the Urukai then there for? They're, they're the anomaly, aren't they? Unremittent um, violence. Um, just the very beginning of the two towers with uh, with the we had enough of the bread, but maggoty bread for three stinking days. That part is just <laughs> so that entire still food related. Then just just not oh, the same yeah. quality. <laughs> it's it's that absolute gem of a meme that's currently going around at the moment. That is the um, the fact that uh, the Urukai say that bread uh, meets back on the menu. Boys implies that the um, Urukai know what a menu is therefore you have to go into a restaurant and then one does not simply walk into an Urukai <laughs> restaurant that that meme sums me up perfectly I think um, but I, I, I like the idea of the Urukai just being something a little bit different to what I usually do anyway so lots of dirty metals on that army and a good timing as well we're, we're obviously with Warren Rohan coming up in, in December there's going to be a lot of focus I mean, we, we know what you know there's going to be a new Saruman um, and Grima and new houses. terrain and all kinds of stuff. yeah houses it's going to be houses. houses they like making houses don't they and all good but, um, so Dan's just automatically trying to build up the Rohan housing market in one fell swoop <laughs> oh, I want to build up Medjuseld <laughs> it's going to be great well, I think you can from the uh, from the other kit can't you but mm. I, I can't remember what it said the price was and i think it was in canadian dollars or something but i got a i got a feeling that kit's going to be more of a kind of a 40 to 60 pound kit and you might need 10 of them or something to build up made yourself so it could be expensive i'm going to pick some up but... <laughs> do you want a game well I've, i could provide the table and the terrain but i can't play because i've had to sell my army to build made yourself uh, i've played monopoly it's houses that count it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well, Stu and I can just come over. Stu can play Rohan, I'll play Urukai, and you just have the table ready. <laughs> if only miniature terrain kept its value as an investment like property did, you'd be uh, you'd be you'd be well on your way. Um, well, you're saying that. Have you seen how much Helm's Deep and um, Minister Earth are going for on um, eBay at the moment? Yeah. Like the actual GW kits. Yeah, hundred odd quid, isn't it? For you can get Helm's Deep for a hundred at the moment. I think someone's selling it for hundred. I've um, 
I, I have a different version of, of it, or <laughs> two versions of it actually, the same, of a, a child's toy, um, Helm's Deep, which you can get on. I can't remember the name of the company, but it's uh, quite, it's probably more of a realistic scale for the main gate oh, and walls. It scales fantastic. It scales right? much better. And I've got two kits of that ready to convert and build into uh, a, a very big Helm's Deep project, which will be coming early next year. I say early next year. I think building terrain for the event next year might come before that, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, I really want to build this big, big Helm's Deep. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking about my hobby before when you're in the middle of you talking about yours, Sam. So. No, on a on a fantastic tangent. Um, <laughs> Stu, what have you been up to in your hobby? Well, funnily enough, I've been building some Helms Deep. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I've been buying Helms Deep toys and stockpiling them, ready for a project next year. But that, that's um, that's 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 ready for the future. Um, so I haven't actually done an awful lot in the last few weeks. I've been really busy with work. I started work after. So in the last show, I talked about the all the dwarves and the lake town that I've got. And I said I'm doing an alliance with Thror and the Iron Heels for Throne of Skulls. I I've been doing the hobby bingo, the Middle Earth hobby bingo, and in one of the one of the boxes to tick off is having a 600 point evil army. Um, and I, I didn't have one. I thought I need an evil army, so just in case I need to give a a demo game to someone, it was good to have did good to have an evil army as well. So I originally planned out a sort of 600 point Azog's Legion Stroke Hunters alliance. And that's now grown to about 750 um and i made a good start painting that um and then i've kind of it's all right so far i've done i've done 12 gundabads and i've done a and done a, done a troll um but that's it that troll's pretty it's, you've done a beautiful job it, thank you thank you i've had a lot, load of fun doing it it's a fairly quick job on it but it came out really it's one of those things that's quick it just came out quite nice and everything seemed to go right on it um and i've got i've got lots to finish off i've got some sort of hunter orcs on wags and i've got some hunter orcs in general because they're awesome with two attacks and bulg and um yasneg and a few other bits to finish off um i really wanted to get them finished before i did the iron hills section that i need for my my throne of skulls army but i think i need to be sensible now and just sort of shelve them um get the throne of skulls army out the way and then finish them off because I'm kind of itching to do the the Rohan I've got sitting in a box <laughs> under the desk. I really, really want to do it. That's where the passion is at the moment. I really want to do the the Rohan and get a start on it, ready for when the book comes out. But I'm going to finish these. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a completionist, so I'm going to finish these two two things first before I carry on with it. Two two things, yeah, all right. <laughs> well, it'll be these two armies. So luckily with Iron Hills, it's the Ballista. It's um, 12 with Spear and, and Dane, because I've already got a few painted anyway so that'll be that's what i need to get painted and it's not a small amount of models but it's also a realistic amount of models for me to do in doing a month's time it's more about getting the display board done that's going to be the challenge in in, in the next if I, if I get around to it i might end up not having to take the display board um then it, i don't think it'll make a lot of difference i'm you know there's going to be a lot of awful lot of amazing painters there anyway so i don't imagine i will be um up there with a the chance of, of winning anything but it'd be nice to have a display board yeah, I'm a completionist. I really wanted to finish the Hunter Orc project before I started uh, um, the Iron Hills and Rohan. It's just I'm a, bit, a bit of a personal OCD, I think. But um, but yeah, that's what that's what I've been working on. I've got so much planned for the, the game. It's ridiculous. I've got a Gondor army sitting in the box waiting to go, and I've got a big Mordor army sitting in the box waiting to go. So I've sort of planned this, almost planned all my armies out for the next sort of twelve months with this with this hobby at the moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> we all do it. The bugs, the bugs got me. The bugs got me in, in a big way. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much what I've been working on. Really, I haven't had I haven't had a lot of time to do much. I haven't played any games for a couple of weeks since the last event I went went to, which was ooh, when was that? It was in September. So I probably not have not played a game for four weeks now. So missing it, itching to play. So I need to try and get away from the home and get down to Incon Gaming plug um, and, uh, <laughs> and play some games down there. But I'm going to try and escape tomorrow night as we record. So tomorrow will be Thursday, and um, and go down and watch. There's a game, a couple of games going on. Really sort of say hello to the local players and, and see how we go. Um, but that's me, really. That's my hobby catcher. So before we kind of crack on to our sort of main topic. Um, Looks like we've already sort of touched on the releases coming up over Christmas. So we know we've got War in Rohan. We know we've got um, the the houses. And we know we've got the Palisades kit, I think it's called. Something mm. like that. So I, I wonder whether... Well, yeah, I wonder whether that... Because that's modular. I, I don't know what you guys think about this. I wonder whether they're going to expand the siege rules in this next book. And um, and they, they're not going to redo Helm's Deep because it's too much of a big thing to bring out. But they thought if we release this kit people can kind of make their own fortifications to play siege games maybe i don't know yeah because you've got the forts sure. and things like that as well haven't you and Isengard. so there's potentially scenarios in there for it it's got to be a helm's deep never... scenario isn't it so i think that will no. be in there no matter what but i think in the main rule book with the siege rules i'm sure there's a line or something that says this may be expanded on in future publications and it might not be this one um they might bring out a siege book but I just wondered whether the, if they were going to stick it in any book, and it wasn't in Gondor at War with Minas Tirith, then what other main, what what's the other big siege you can think of? You're going to say Helm's Deep, and so if they were going to sling in expanded rules, it's pure purely just guessing it. You know, there's no rumours or anything going out about this. But I just wondered whether that kind of gave them the opportunity build some palisades. You can build yourself a little fortification and, and play some siege games if you can't build your own Helm's Deep. Well, um, the um... Dun men done than that um, invading the Westfold. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so and, you can have uh, real scenarios for it yeah, as well. Yeah, and Isengard, there's a siege there as well. Well, it'll turn out to be a completely wrong guess, but I just wonder because it's, otherwise it's an unusual terrain piece. I think I get the houses, I get the Rohan houses. You saw that with Lake Town houses, and and the, the mm. Gondor ruins were effectively that their version of that so what you're doing is you're giving your and you, you've got your hobbit holes as well so you've got these each book this is the the land you're fighting in this is what you expect might see scattered around a battlefield in that area but maybe the palisades wouldn't be something that would immediately jump to mind it might be wrong but it just felt feels like oh there's an extra kit there what's that extra kit for um again i could just be barking up the wrong tree completely but it's made me wonder um Certainly fun to guess, and I shall await my dwarf holds with uh, <laughs> with gusto. <laughs> um, what else have we got coming up? So we've got more cards coming up this with this weekend as we record. So we're recording a few days before the the last lot of cards go up on pre order. Um, that will be interesting, no doubt. Um, and then what? Mm-hmm. Else, and then what else have we got in December? So we got we know that we've got a Saruman coming out, and the new Grima. Do you, do we uh, got more re releases as well? Uh, Thrand rules coming back, etc. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Those things have been mm. um, well. One of the guys locally for you, Jamie, was playing um, Thrand rules halls, wasn't he? I think I saw a few comments in in one of our chats. Then he said, "Right then, where do I get a um, where do I get, where do I get a foot Thrand rule?" And it was like, <gasps> um, yeah. Yeah, "Ouch!" Well, uh, I'll be investing as well. That won't make me pull the trigger. Off. 
as well. So. Well, it's good that good those things are coming back to um, just to make people be able to fully play the factions that are in the game. Um, so, should we have a, a guess? I, I, there are obviously going to be more releases, maybe not for December. I imagine there'll be a follow-up run of releases for um, War in Rohan in January. I wonder what 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 were your what would your guesses be? Well, it's one for Sam, I think. I th- I think we're definitely going to see some like interesting things. I wouldn't be surprised if after with uh, Gondor at War we saw loads of new characters come out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we start getting some more characters. Maybe not for Rohan because they they got a couple in Gondor at War, but maybe some Uruk characters or some Dunland characters. Or maybe even some end characters that um, effectively are done by tree type breed. Well, they really need it because you have to take tree beard. So getting quick beam and people like that back would be really good. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think you're right about Rohan. I'd be surprised if we got much at all. I'd l- personally love to see a plastic AMA. I think the model. I think the, I'm not a massive fan of the metal sculpt, um, but won't necessarily follow you know we, we saw a gondor war release where we had um we had a gandalf didn't you plastic gandalf but you think iconic things what are they going to do and they've obviously got a limited amount of time and, and and resources to to sculpt and release these things you could have guessed at gondor war that maybe there would have been an, an lsr model or something there wasn't um and i personally think the old ones are aging a little bit so but it doesn't but look if you follow that if if you follow that kind of um again you could have maybe a, a boromir foot mounted in a plastic the same way as some of the others would have would have fitted as well for the for gondor at war and they haven't done that i'm sure they'd love to but so maybe we won't get an amr but i'd personally love an amr but i think what we'd definitely like to see is some uruk characters and maybe some new ones um I don't know Ford alerts, resin alerts I would think be pretty special. Maybe, yeah, the alert smells quite good, but I think you're you're likely to get maybe like the two packs you got. So you've got like the mm. you got your Gorath and whatever, you you got your two your packs of the Immortal Orcs, your Miran and Orcs, you've got those two packs of characters, you've got your Raza and I can't remember who the other one is, but you've got those mismatched ones as well. I think you'll get two packs from Forge World, so two two heroes and a pop. I imagine there'll be a two pack of Uruk ones. Maybe you'll get the I, I general be surprised. The general from yeah. Steamp. The guy that stands on the big rock. I think they made a mm. model that looks like it, but he's not got a profile for him, I don't think, in their book. So maybe there'll be maybe a model for that. Again, it's just, just kind of spitballing and guessing really, but I think we can definitely nice. look forward to a yeah, banner maybe. I think you're right about the um the about the ants as well. A tree beard a forge world tree beard would be a, a I'd like to say a sensible guess. But you Let's just don't know because the, the metal one is lovely, but it's too small. It's smaller than the met, smaller than the plastic ends. So mm. scale wise, it doesn't really work. So, a, so maybe it'd be a plastic one with the the hobbits that you know can come on and off a bit like the, but Merry and Pippin do off of Gandalf and and um, Durnhell maybe. I don't know. Do they want more removable Merry and, and, and Pippins from things? Who knows? <laughs> but it, you could see uh, why they might go down that route. You need. removable hobbits as much as possible in fact why would you want to remove hobbits from anything they make everything better (laughs) I'm inclined to agree with you with everything but playing the game I just can't I can't imagine myself painting a whole uh, 
Hobbit army. I've painted a lot of Lake Town, but nothing compared to the amount of Hobbit you'd paint. I, I do love those no. new. I do love the new resin ones. I think it's the old metal ones. The thought of painting all of those would be painful. Um, but yeah, that would, that would be my guesses anyway for the for the book. We would definitely see definitely see some heroic stuff. Yeah, a couple of heroic characters, and maybe we'll get one or so less because we got the extra scenery thing. We don't know. We don't because we don't know what 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 next supplement's going to be coming after that, and how short that will be. the The scouring of the Shire one was a bit of a surprise. We weren't expecting that in between these books, so. We could be surprised again in March when they release another smaller campaign book or something. They'll probably but... do something similar to the um, Fallen Realms, I imagine. They'll probably do like an Arnor and... Or, or maybe they'll finally move on to uh, sort of the narrative parts from The Hobbit. Uh-huh. Or even Lord of the Rings, the Easterlings and the, the Dwarves fighting. As if, yeah, they had, there's a few things they would need to cover you would expect if they were going to try and give if they're trying to give every faction the same treatment of that kind of maybe one or two new characters some legendary legions you've got some things to cover before maybe they start the hobbit books um mm. i would imagine again this is a massive guess but based on being a hobbyist for a long time and looking at the way that the, the company seems to work that you'd imagine that maybe the hobbit stuff will be released after a new edition again which we could be another few years off but you imagine a new starter again in three four years time and this time mm. it's the hobbit ones that get a kind of new run um it's a long way to wait for late wait for legendary legions for the hobbit armies but then those factions are a lot smaller so they feel a little bit more how would you make a legendary legion out of the iron hills or or thrall army thrall because they're so small in the amount of choices you can get anyway whereas you look at Minas Tirith or Mordor or something and they got a massive amount of choices within those factions that you, Legendary Legions kind of breaks it down nicely into sort of little thematic forces so maybe the Hobbit side armies don't necessarily need that quite as as, as quickly I don't know they, they've got a lot well, to do and, and time will be a, a huge factor in it you seem to be able to already put things together from the Hobbit stuff way easier than you can with the Lord of the Rings stuff anyway, because you can effectively make the, um, is it the um, Mirkwood Elves with the Iron Hills Dwarfs? You yep. can make that alliance already, so you yeah. maybe don't need a Legendary Legion to go with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it'll, it'll be thematic bonuses and things to, to, to kind of give them extra buffs and things, I suppose. Although, um, but, putting Thorin's company in with them would be good. Yeah, there, there'll be there's definitely things they can do, but the, the army lists aren't as big for sure. So the, the the kind of the legion tends to be a lot about restricting what you can take from an army list, and maybe combining others. So I don't know. It's pure guesswork. They've definitely got some things you'd expect them to 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 cover. Um, in smaller things, the, you know, you got the end of the second age stuff, haven't you? That that will need covering at some point. Um, oh, and then there's been but, well, there's been room that people. I guess rumours were that that one might have been. We might have seen that by now, and that hasn't happened. And is that because there's an Amazon series coming out, and maybe they want to coincide that release with an Amazon with the Amazon series because it would. Why would you bring out a new in or kind of mini supplement that's a bit like the scouring when the scouring came out and um, not ride on the back of an Amazon thing? I don't think they'll get an Amazon license. I don't. It's going to be. No. It just won't work, would it? Because it have to be a different game because New Line and Warner Brothers have got the license for for the, for the films and the IP of those things. They're not going to be able to mix those IPs, even though it's the same universe. So 
I can't see them getting the license to add it into this game. It would have to be a different game. So the second best thing to do would be to make sure you release a second age um, supplement around the time of the things they've got the license for around the time that an Amazon series came out set in the second age, maybe. I don't know. Again, just guessing. But um, I I don't know what will be next, I think. I'll just wait and see what happens after after War in Rohan. Right then, so have we, um, any of you guys got anything else you want to mention about sort of latest news and upcoming releases and, and things? Or uh, we get into the realms of rabbling? No, I, th- I think we've covered it. Cool. Cool, right, we'll take a short break and we'll come back and we'll move into our main segment which will be talking about um, reading the profile cards and uh, and what kind of game aids and things we use. We'll see you in a bit. We're back and um, not going straight to the Council of Elrond. So we, uh, we paused recording the other night because things were getting a little bit late and in the meantime um, there was some surprise releases from... Uh, from Forge World. So we thought we'd just talk about them briefly before we uh, go on another little break and carry on with the rest of the show. So uh, so out of the blue, Forge World released Halath, Son of Hammer, and Aldor, the Rohan Archer. So these are the guys that... Um, so Hammer's young son, the guy with the ill-fitting um, um, armour, but the good sword who speaks to Aragorn um, just before the Battle of Helm's Deep, and then Aldor, I believe, is the old old man archer that shoots his um, shoots <laughs> shoots his arrow a bit too early. Um, very famously, premature. <laughs> he was a bit premature. Um, so, um, what do you think, guys? What, what, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Well, welcome surprise. There was a lot of um, obviously conjecture and a lot of wish listing about what might be included in uh, Rohan at War. And a few people, I think, threw these out as sort of curveballs as wouldn't it be cool? And lo and behold, we've got two wicked models with some rules. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, we were both listing off very well, all three of us were listing very safe bets. Well, there's, there's gonna yeah. be some there's gonna be some Uruks. Um I didn't think of something like this, but when you compare it to the Shire releases and all of the kind of little left field um characters we got, the heroes, it actually makes mm. sense that these are these kind of smaller the big heroes are out, aren't they? They've been out for years. You can you can redo the rules, you can bring out new models, but ultimately there are only so many of them. So the way you expand is to bring out these kind of these these smaller characters, and these are both kind of buffs, really, aren't they? They're, they're synergy characters. What do you what do you think of them, Sam? I I really like them. Um, the one thing I I was sort of a little bit obviously I'm a lot newer to the the whole Forge World Friday being Lord of the Rings and not. Uh, 30k but is this the first <laughs> set of characters that have come out where they've got um, experimental rules I I'm sure it's not I can't remember them doing this for any of the Shire characters I've got a feeling this is just to get us excited really for, for, for what's coming up in the book it says experimental purely because it, the, the book's not out yet but oh, the no, book no, no, the, that's what the book will be That's printed and these will be in the book. So I think it's just experimental because that's their way of saying it's official when you get the book kind of thing. I'd be surprised it, if there's any changes in the book because the book's already printed. It'll be sitting in the warehouse as far as, as, far yeah, as I'm aware. Of I mean, I, maybe experimental rule was the wrong term. It's more of a... Because um, obviously the Shire characters all came out after the book. So I was intrigued as to, is this the first time we've seen a model? And it is effectively a teaser for the new book and 
because of that they're giving us the rules yeah. early for them so that we can be like oh and get excited about this character and anybody who buys it can then use it in their sort of building up to Helm's Deep yeah yeah absolutely. I don't know to be honest with you I don't recall anything of this since I've been following the game in recent times so just over a year um Maybe a listener who's uh, been around the traps a bit longer in the game will will have an answer for this, but I, I'm not sure. It's definitely I'm, something we've seen in Heresy before. And I'm a very big fan of it. I think it's a nice thing. Yeah, I think it's really good. Well, the models are. I think the other thing is the models are out, aren't they? So, so you can buy your models from this Saturday. They will be arriving on people's doorsteps. Play them. Mm-hmm. You get to play them. You don't have to wait till the middle of December. So, so yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely a good thing. I couldn't agree with you more there. And, and the models are beautifully painted as well, and um, they they just instantly look stunning. But yeah. they're not completely, they're not necessarily like some of the special characters uh, who are like really garish. Like they're still quite subtle models mm-hmm. that will just sit in your army quite nicely, which could all, almost be a a little sneaky thing when you're playing against your opponent. People won't necessarily always spot them straight away, and then you get to shoot your arrow before everyone else does, which I think is a cool little rule. <laughs> that, that's true, definitely. Yeah, they fit into that kind of very high quality sculpt, but not not big, not on a big horse or anything like that. So they're not in some massive heroic pose. So for me, I mean, I've got Lake Town stuff, so they kind of remind me a bit of like Hilda or Percy, those kind of smaller buff characters that will yeah easily sort of hide amongst the ranks of your troops. Um, what do we think of the rules? I think the rules quite look quite interesting. Um, I think um, Haleth could be really, really good. His um, his buffs to Aragorn look quite tasty, <laughs> to be honest with you. So that 30 points is a very good 30 points well spent. So the, um, the increase in his attacks is good. So that helps him... Um, helps him well, it helps any dice in a duel, doesn't it? But the, um, the fight to the last looks really, really good. Um, so adding plus one fight to all the models within six inches, including Aragorn. So that makes Aragorn fight seven, I believe. That so, with a banner. Yeah. So banner, you got the re-roll, and it's going to make your normal Rohan warriors up to fight four. Um, and if you think in it from a thematic point of view, I think Uruks are all fight four, aren't they, Sam? Uh, fight Five, bear with me. One second. Call for the standard. Or it might be four. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, 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 if you're thinking Helm's Deep battle, then rather than just a wider meta, um, he's equaling. He's, you know, he's making sure that they're all fight four. So even if uh, they're fights that they're, they're duels that don't involve Aragorn with his fight um, seven at that point, it's, it's bringing them equal. Um, and he's having attacks as well, and he's got he's you know, he's got two wounds, and he's got two fate as well. So he's actually for for a young boy, <laughs> he's quite survivable there. That's probably the most surprising thing. The buffs make sense, but the fact that he's got two wounds and two fate, he could hang around for a little bit as well. So I mm, think he's right, almost right uh, well. yeah. I think I mean it's really good. Would you play Rohan with him like that if it wasn't a f- defensive force, a foot force, and then probably not, but. You know, he's it's under the defenders of Helm's Deep thing. It's obviously I imagine there's going to be a um, legendary legion of that name. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Um, but it's really really cool. Um, and then I haven't really looked at Aldor as much. I don't know if you've read it down or not. Whether that's or am I dropping you dropping you right in it by asking you? No, I was looking at him. The um, it's quite interesting the fact that you can re-roll or must re-roll to hit and to wound because he's obviously got that, uh, shoot five plus on his you know. Fight yeah, to three, five plus. So if I was the reroll, so it means if he moves or if anything's remotely uh, 
you're looking at sixes. Yeah. But that reroll is is pretty pretty reasonable to be honest. It means you could potentially use him just to chance the odd lucky shot. And it's one of those ones where I think like we've spoken about before, it's not game changing. There's little dice rolls that add up to a a story and a narrative and you sort of you know, the fist pumps and the oh my god, my uh, my uh, old chap Aldor who's just shot your wing nightmare or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not going to do an awful lot. The heroic, you've got one might there, so you can you could do you could do a heroic accuracy, I suppose, which might help in a certain situation, maybe. Um, or you could just use that might to make sure you take out an important character. So you've got your you re-roll, you actually get to hit and wound, you use that might to make sure you kill something. For 20 points, it could be really important if you're taking out a captain or something like that. So, yeah, it, they've both got uses. And, and, and let's face it, it's going to be thematic for your Helm's Deep battle. So we we talked about the big game we're probably all going to play. And for the Helm's Deep I'm going to be building, well, I'm going to be buying these. They're beautiful models. I love the rules. They're really thematic and cool. And, yeah, it's just a, just a no-brainer for that game. How much you use them outside of a Siege game, I don't know. But I don't care. They'll just look cool on the, on the shelf as part of a collection. So, um... Yeah, I was really, 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 it's really nice when you get a nice surprise like that, isn't it? So much of it's predictable, especially when you get all of the the stuff leaked about what's coming up. So we all knew when the cards were going to be released each time. We know what's coming in December. We know the what models are out at that time. I suppose we, I think, probably earlier in this section, but because it was about four days ago, I've forgotten now, but we, I think we were talking about, will we see any other other little releases? Well, we have here. And I suppose there's a chance maybe for one lot, because you've got to cycle through all the other game systems, haven't you, really, before you get a, another release. But I suppose there's a chance for one more um, release. Maybe we'll get a, a, a two-pack, like I was saying before, but it'll be Oryx this time with two Oryx heroes or something, just as a bit of a teaser. Or elves, or elves you could do. Could, hmm, could do as well. So, I, I think it'd be Oryx because it's I don't know. We have got the eyes and gold. I don't know. We just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I've got a feeling we may get one more little surprise now, of of this kind, um, just before War in Rohan's released before Christmas. So, hopefully we do. Um, I think we've covered them really um, with our limited knowledge of the game and rules, but they do look cool. Have you any of you got anything more to say before we uh, move on? Uh, any more good painted good uh, sculpt models totally fine with that Absolutely. it's Borja's painting I think isn't it it looks like his I haven't checked his Instagram or Twitter because he normally reposts stuff and says I painted that every time something's released but um, somebody definitely did I can't remember who it was though <laughs> well I'm glad somebody nice definitely painted them that was... investigative journalist <laughs> somebody <laughs> definitely did this Someone did some stuff and some things and some paint. <laughs> Good night, folks. Um, <laughs> it's career in the law one... enforcement ahead of you there, Sam. <laughs> of course. Um, my one question is, which of the two is your favourite? Uh, I'll go with Dan first. Ooh. I don't know how much of that's paint job and how much of that's sculpt. Um, how much of that am I, with my slightly more limited uh, hobby ability, going to be able to get out of those? <laughs> I think, to be honest, to over... Overall, I'd say sculpt would be Aldor. I think rules-wise, it would probably be Haleth, though. Yeah, me exactly the same. I really love that. Really love Aldor. Reminds me of Percy a bit, but yeah, really love that. And then Haleth's rules are just really cool. I like that that little buff rule. And he just seems very good for that 30 points. In that situation, which is good. That's just, I think that's good rules writing. It's not, you're not... They've not done something which you're going to see him in every Rohan list, I don't think. 
going forward because he's not mounted, is he? So I think he worked, and you don't see kind of foot Rohan list very often. There's going to be someone shouting at the the uh, speakers now, saying, "Well, now this opens the door to this and this and this and this, and he will be used." But my limited experience would suggest that he's perfect for that kind of narrative game, siege games, and things, but but won't affect the wider meta in terms of what you'll see with Rohan turning up at events and things. Cool. Right then. This time we will take our proper break and we'll come back with um, the Council of Elrond when we talk all about gaming aids and profile cards and all of the, the fun that's happening around those. Lord Marshal Great, sir. Legion reinforcements now visible on the left flank. Ah, oh, about time. The wolves, I see. Uh, no, sir. Ultramarines, sir. But they're wearing grey, Proclamator Fennec. Fox message said new recruits, sir. No time to paint armour. At least the Raven Guard are in black armour. Sorry, sir. That's more Ultramarines. For Empress sake, box them and find out why. Also new armour, sir. Their eye lenses are red and the bolt guns are silver. Three colours minimum, sir. What the? Get on the box now and tell them to contact Miniature Realm Studio. Miniature Realm Studio, sir. Yes, Fennec. Miniature Realm Studio offers a commission painting service, competitive rates, and a range of painting standards to suit most budgets and requirements. Yes, sir. I suppose they do say that fully painted is for closers. What does that even mean, Fennec? Uh, I don't know, sir. Miniature Realm Studio can be found on Facebook, on Twitter at Miniature Realms, on Instagram at Miniature Realm Studio, or just drop Stuart an email at miniaturelstudio at gmail.com. And we're back again. This time it is the Council of Elrond. Um, so we thought for our first proper Council of Elrond in, in episode one that we would we'd set ourselves a, an easy task so we're not delving into uh, an in-depth book review or dissection of a of an uh, event list or something for one of us who's just been to an event. Um, and we thought we'd go with something quite current. Um there's a potential discussing profile cards um, for it to upset a few people maybe um, that's not our intention um, two of the three of us have bought some cards um, one of us hasn't um, not because they uh, didn't like them or anything but we'll talk about them more later so we're going to do a quick review of the cards we're going to talk about them in the wider context of gaming aids and what other gaming aids we use um, and what we'd like to use uh, in the future maybe might, what might be good um, and then we will talk a little bit about the availability of them because it'd be silly to ignore that situation. Um, so um, let's start. Sam, I'm going to start with you because rather than me just continue talking, you've um, you've purchased some cards. So what, what is your uh, what are your initial thoughts of them when you uh, when you open them? Uh, well, first of all, I've got Charizard, Blastoise, and oh, sorry, sorry, that's a different different card. Um, <laughs> I I really like them. I think they're a nice size card. Um, I think that the layout of the cards is simple, which is what you need them to be when they're meant to be a gaming age. You don't need them to have everything on there, um, but they've got all the stuff that really matters that you're going to be using for 75% of the game. Because more often than not, some of the special rules, people like me who haven't played that many times, um, I'm going to be looking backwards and forwards, but people who know the rules and they just need it for some of the stats, it'll be quite helpful for them, I think. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I suppose what we probably should do, I can't imagine there's anyone out there that don't know what we're talking about. We have not really introduced it very well. Um, so <laughs> there's 
currently six um, and by next Saturday there will be nine sets of profile cards which will sort of split up amongst the the factions um, for, for Middle Earth Strategy Battle game and there's also a set of magical cards that came out with the first run as well so we've got a Fallen Realms profile deck there's Elves and Dwarves um, Lord of the Rings these are um, there's Defenders of Pelennor there's a Mordor um, set there's Isengard and Moria there's Free Peoples and then there's the three Hobbit sort of era ones that are coming. There'll be pre-order has, has just gone this last weekend as we recorded. Um, and they will be out on, on the following weekend. So this, all these cards should cover all of the models in the, in the game. Um, and then the profile cards themselves have got a, a nice sort of... How big are they? They're probably, what, four inch by two inch maybe? Um, and they've, they've got a, a picture of the model got the name of the model and it's and then the full stat line list of all the heroic actions their war gear any special rules they have so just the names of them not the actual details of them and then it's got a list of options so if you could add so i'm holding the frodo of the nine fingers card here and his options for him are the elven cloak and pony there's no there's no points values on these so you'll still need your books um for your points values um you need your books to actually know what the special rules are so it's got resistant to magic so you need need your copy of your main rule book to find out what that is um um home is a hero another special rule you need your your shire book to find out what that is as well so you actually be your your lord of the rings armies book and then there's a little bit on the bottom for marking off might will fate and wounds um so they're just sort of little empty circles for you to mark off with a dry white pen um and these are designed to be used with card sleeves Dan, what what are your thought? I know you haven't bought any cards, so what are your what are your initial thoughts of the cards from what you've seen of them? Obviously, you not had them in your hands. No, never even seen one in uh, in the wild, so to speak. Um, although I have used similar before. I, I play Necromunda, so there are cards available for that, both the pre-done cards for some of the existing characters, and uh, obviously the, the blank ones that you can create for your own. So you put those in a card sleeve white marker etc so i can see the place for them to be honest um i i didn't yeah i didn't buy them um the, i was waiting mainly for the for the stuff for my armies for for the hobbit and then uh, as time went on i was seeing the uh the way it was going with the releases and stuff and you know people weren't able to get them uh, for whatever reasons and um some of that, I think, is down to a possibly unprecedented demand, and <laughs> and then uh, you know maybe too much second breakfast or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's just not worked out, and I, I can't imagine for a second that Games Workshop deliberately engineered it to uh, you know create an artificial demand. I think it's simply a case of they completely underestimated the mm. demand. Yeah, I, I genuinely uh, think they don't necessarily. Um, consider lord of the rings as as possibly so well engaged as the main systems i say you know age of sigmar and uh particularly 40k which seems to be having its uh, day in the sun at the moment i just think they they just didn't expect it and i think that's uh you know it means they can possibly take us a lot more seriously in the future which i think can only be a positive thing and i the way that printing works i can imagine they've uh, probably had a few interesting and uh, heated discussions up at head office and they'll probably already ordered the next bunch they're going to turn up in however many months time uh, off the boat from china so uh, we'll see how that goes but uh, yeah i mean i didn't go for them because it was only really the iron hills i wanted mm-hmm. um i don't really need them i'm not i don't go to enough events at the moment 
our pace of play locally at the moment we're all still learning so a bit of um delving nose first into the books to find the obscure little uh rules or whatever isn't looked at sconce. it's uh taken as part of the sort of the gaming at the moment there's no time limits it's very casual so mm-hmm. they're, they're not really necessary for me to get the most out of the hobby at the moment and as i've said before i've spent all my pennies on resin so i can't you know, I need I need all the spare pennies I've got, not for cards, but for more resin. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I totally understand. To be honest with you, and I'll um, I've got a few thoughts on the availability stuff. But before we go into that, I'll have a few more sort of notes on them. Um, there was I think you mentioned there's some blank ones there. Well, there's, there's some of the packs have got sort of blank ones you can fill in. I'm guessing that's designed more for maybe future model releases that won't have made the print runs. Um, for example, we've just talked about Haleth and Aldor. They, they won't have cards, so you can you can obviously knock your own cards up. Um, they're quite useful. So I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm pretty sure that the Middle Earth team put out a um, a PDF for battle companies, recording your battle companies, and yes. some clever soul um, has made it editable. Um, it's like an editable PDF. So even in iBooks on on my iPad, if you're using it on iPad or something, you can actually go in and tap it and type in the boxes. So it's got text boxes put in, and you can. I've got an Apple Pen, and you can actually tap on the wounds bit. It's perfect. It's really, really cool. I wonder if it's going to be a long time for a reprint, or these cards won't come back. It would be great if um, I'm sure the middle team aren't listening to us, but it'd be great to have one of the blank versions of these cards made available as a PDF online so that people could at least make up their own um in the mm. meantime it'd be really really cool because while we've got these you can write on them in pen it'd be really nice i like stuff to look neat my handwriting's terrible it'd be lovely to um have one i could type up neatly and then and print out and cut and stick in a card sleeve um that or someone needs to get on yak tribe like necromunda yeah yeah well, if anyone's out there yeah if anyone can do it well there's a guide with the that does the the battle companies manager app which looks absolutely beautiful um not playing battle companies at the moment but if you haven't seen that have a search in the gbhl or something it'll pop you'll find the the post for it really really good and they look beautiful and you can put your own artwork in um again you could probably adapt one of those maybe to make them into to, to, to profile cards and things um i used to play a lot or you play war machine as well didn't you dan but i used to play war machine and i loved playing the game with cards I like to have them lined up on my edge of the table I'm used to using a dry white marker etc and when I stopped playing War Machine and went back to other game systems I did miss that I did miss having cards and I you know nearly went as far as making some up for when I played Heresy because my memory is absolutely atrocious so I need to have stuff written down Um, so the the cards for me were uh, I really want these to play because it suits the way I play the game I'm not one of those kind of guys that um remembers all the all the stat lines off the top of my head and, and learns all the rules off the top of my head and, and, and just needs a tracker for, for what for, for wounds and and might, will and fate. You can there's nice you can get those nice sort of ones you put dice in, can't you, just to track those. I imagine if you are a really, really veteran player and knows all of that stuff off the top of your head, you can just track those and the rest is all there. You've got your book on hand should you need it, but cards for me are absolutely perfect. So as soon as I knew they were coming out, I was really desperate to to get my hands on them um i did miss out i like many many people on the free people set 
Um, I think I, my order closed down about 20 past 10 and it looked like it was okay and I got the dreaded email um, a few days later to say that they couldn't fulfill that one pack. I've been very lucky since then that Sam has uh, only wanted the Shire and the Fellowship out of his three people so I bought his set off him or the remainder of the set and I've bought the Shire set on its own separately so I'm just I'm only minus the the uh, the Fellowship so what what was a, a, a minor disappointment sort of um was very much dampened now so if there's anyone out there with a spare fellowship set of cards that they want to sell me just get in touch um <laughs> but um yeah i i really like them i it's the kind of way i want a game i placed my orders for all the hobbit ones um the order closed down at 9:57 i'm fingers crossed everything's okay with that order until i get my dispatch email um i won't be 100% confident but i'm a little bit more confident this time for the last but um um, Sam, well, before I go into the the availability and stuff, then what are your thoughts on on the, the sort of the short term availability of these cards? Or do you have any thoughts on it? I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, before I joined the community in, I think we said it was August. I did not know how big the community was, uh-huh. and it wouldn't surprise me if the people who are putting in the orders for these probably didn't know how big the community was as well because it's quite a difficult one to gauge sales on because quite a lot of the people who have been playing it have been playing it for 20 odd years yeah so actually people haven't needed to go out and purchase as many models as they needed to so they don't have that gauge to then be able to whereas when a new army comes out you can gauge it because you're able to buy oh okay we sold this many things or like with the grandmaster edition of um Adeptus Titanicus, so many people bought that kit and they went, wow, we're going to do a second run of it. But with Lord of the Rings, everybody pretty much already has the stuff. So I think that they haven't really been able to gauge the want for this sort of thing until now. I think mm-hmm. this is the first big thing that's come out that people, that everyone seems to have gone absolutely bonkers for, for <laughs> better or for worse. That and dice. And, um, oh, yeah, and the dice. Um, and I think that this is like, yeah, it, I think that they didn't realise how big the community is. And, well, remember when we all used to sit and play Heresy and we always used to be like, why is there Lord of the Rings and Hobbit stuff coming out? Nobody, <laughs> surely nobody plays that. And now that we're playing, I'm genuinely shocked with how big the community is because there's actually more posts going in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, MEE, SBG groups but there are in some of the heresy groups and stuff that I'm in so yeah yeah definitely I don't know if that's a, a good gauge for it hopefully that explained I think they haven't I know there's a lot of people saying how GW should do their thing and how they should do pre-orders and stuff and I think it is just genuinely I don't think GW realized how big a community it is based on how long the models have been out for how most of them haven't had redos Mm-hmm. And it's simply a case of people have, have had the models for so long that nobody's needed to buy the models and when it all came back. Yeah. I think it's, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think it's quite interesting how um, other communities view other gaming communities. I think if you play 40k, you know yours is the biggest. And if you play AOS, you know yours is probably the second biggest game. But then all of the kind of more niche, the sort of sub-communities, so whether it's Necromunda or whether it's Blood Bowl or whether it's SBG or Heresy, or I've got a feeling that they all think that the other smaller games aren't very big. <laughs> and when they're 
they're probably all a little bit bigger than people realize but they're also in the grand scale of things very very small compared to the big two and that's where all most of the focus and resource goes to that's why middle earth team is what four full-time people isn't it and the rest are kind of borrowed from the the wider specialist games um team so if they need proofreaders and things they will they'll come from those i'm assuming but uh, i i think the other thing is i mean i didn't think they would be this popular as a new player i thought it'd be something that that i would make a lot of use of and I remember posting in our in the local sort of Facebook chat for the for the local SPG local Facebook chat for local people. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember posting in there when they were first announced, expecting quite a few of them to say, "Meh, well, you know, we know the rules. We've got the books because they're used to using what they use." I didn't think veteran. I didn't think veteran players would go for it as much. I just it felt like a lot of veteran players knew the knew the stuff and wouldn't need them, and they're used to playing the way they play. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you know, yeah. They definitely. It's it's undoubted that that the demand was higher than expected. Um, I think it's also very important to understand that, from my understanding of the way the business works, this has got nothing to do with the Middle Earth team. Um, they would have sat in a meeting, or maybe just Rob as a Middle Earth manager would, I'm sure, would have sat in a meeting at some point when, the, and and maybe asked for a certain amount or said as much as possible, please. And I imagine it's more likely he's told how much he's getting at these kind of things. And the, the it's all taken out of his hands by business forecasters um, who do their best and will make mistakes sometimes, but they'll be forecasting, and sometimes those forecasts are wrong. Um, but when you look at card stocks and paper stocks like this, or things that won't be worth any money in a few years' time when the rules change, I can totally understand why they also don't want to be left with loads of stock if they don't sell. If they overestimated this and they only sold 20% of the stock, um that's a big problem for them as well and and we all know gw likes to to run its business in a in a very profitable way the miniatures they can repack and they can kind of have a life for a long long time but everything else in the game would devalues um and takes up a lot of space so i imagine they were probably a little bit too conservative with their estimates um without knowing what formats they use for trying to predict these things um i have no idea how they come about their numbers so it'd be very hard to really comment on that but i'm pretty sure that they uh the middle of team want more that they will be asking for more um like i think they said at articon didn't they at the the seminar there i'm pretty sure they said if they sold well they would look to do a second run if they could well i think that's tick that box when you're selling out in 10 15 20 minutes um that's that's a win isn't it it's now about getting the go-ahead from the people in charge of of the finance side of things i imagine and getting them to say yes and then getting them in the getting them in the queue because it's not a matter of just saying well okay we'll order it now if they're, if they're using one company in China to do a lot of their games this company's going to be dealing with a lot of stuff so you can't just say well we'll order some now so they're ready in January I imagine that there will be other games that are due for release that are further up the line for that and what we're talking we're talking a month or so for to get something printed but then like two months on a boat or something these aren't short turnarounds you see lots of people Plus, complaining couldn't you about well the first lot the first lot sold out why didn't they do more for the second lot because <laughs> they've all been sitting in a warehouse um it's it's yeah it's it's a difficult one i can see why people get very frustrated because they're, they're passionate about wanting to own these things i was gutted when i got that email about the free peoples i'm like oh my god i've got all the rest um, i've been very lucky that sam didn't really need his and i'm only short a few of the for the cards from it but uh, it's it's a 
interesting one. Us war games get very, very emotional about things for many, <laughs> for lots of different reasons. Luckily, this SPG community is generally quite well behaved compared to some others. Um, this probably is the most negative things I've seen since sort of following the community and. And again, it was a minority. I suppose most people were saying, you know, calm down, it will be all right. They will likely get a second set. So a few people are getting a bit upset. But um, yeah, I think we'll get another print run, if I'm honest with you. That's my, if I was going to bet, I would say I think we'll get one. Whether it's in the next six months or, or so, I'm not so sure. But I think we'll get one at some point for next year. That makes sense. So I thought I was caught. Did I cut you off down there a minute when you were about to say something or... It's gone now, so obviously it wasn't that important. <laughs> so, so what have we been using up until then, rather than the cards? Then, so I I use a like a one page A four page um, that started as a, something that local player Kate made for me for my first game, which is literally just a profile um, line and something I can record, Mike, Will and Fate, and I turn that into a, a big page where I put absolutely all the rules on there as a beginner for each each model. So they're special rules, not just the name, but actually what they did. So I could play my army from one sheet of paper, basically. And I think I've shared that with, with you, Sam. I don't know if you were using it or not, but um, that suited Definitely me fine. Yeah, it's, it's great. It suited me fine to start with. Um, and as I play the game a few times and I start to know what those special rules are without checking it, then the, the profile cards are now perfect for it. But what, what have you guys been... Are you planning to continue using that or just the cards for you now? Um, I, I, think, I haven't played enough games really to memorise the rules. I think I will probably use the cards more still keep that A4 sheet of paper for the sum of the special rules because sometimes in some games you have all the space in the world on your table to be able to um, have your books out and stuff like that and other games you don't and I think that A4 sheet of paper is going to be for those games where you don't have as much space available yeah, as, yeah. as you possibly like yeah that makes sense I, I might well knock up a new sheet with just the special rules on again as a quick reference rather than flicking through the books um, is a good idea so I usually have them on my iPad, but even then you're closing down one book and opening up another one. It takes time, doesn't it? If you've got it on a sheet, it's uh, just a just just something quick to back you up. That and the the cards and the um, the quick play guide from the um, generals pack is generally enough for most things. I find we very. I think when we played, we we only picked up the rule book once to check something because. Pretty much everything was in those on on our on our sheets on our one pages and on the the um, the quick play sheet, so they, they work quite well. Yeah, I think the only thing, yeah, we, the only problem we had with the Scarring and the Shire book were, uh, was that obviously there's a lot of new characters in there, yeah. and the I think we were looking at traps more than anything, <laughs> like the Hobbit traps. I think yeah. that's what we spent most of our time looking at the Scarring and the Shire book. So yeah, I I think an A4 sheet with just those special rules on it is a perfectly good idea. Excellent. What about you, Dan? What have you been using? Or have you been using anything? Just generally, yeah, the books and the old Mark One pencil and paper. To be honest with you, so, um, nothing we, fancy. Yeah, this is the most common thing I've seen. To be honest with you, at events I've been to, I'd say I'd say two out of three players are there with a very little notepad and a pencil, and then their books, but and their memory. Um, if that was so, but you've got—I think you've got a more of a rules brain than me for sure. Anyway, probably more than Sam as well. You seem to be able to—you read a rule and you'll 
see this the the synergies and significance of, of that quicker than we do so maybe it's just the way our, our brains are wired but i i look at rules on a card and i won't remember them five minutes later unless i've got it right in front of me uh, it's just that's the piece for a meta for you that is <laughs> simple <laughs> oh don't bring that to SBG. that would be horrible that's probably already going on isn't it <laughs> uh no actually it's um it's actually it's very civil actually it's um i think it's as a game set it's less easily abused <laughs> i think that helps costly <laughs> <laughs> no aspersions but um no it's all it's all very uh it's all very friendly i'm sure that uh as time goes on the um more optimum builds may start to uh-huh. you know rise to the top like the cream so to speak but uh you know, um, I think so far it's, uh, it's it's been very civil. It's, it's <laughs> it does cold. what? It does what? I'm getting one. That's going to be the the future of it. But uh, to be fair, it's a game that's designed when you're playing match play. It's it's, it's generally a competitive game, isn't it? So mm. heresy for those who don't play it, wherever we come from, it's always described as a narrative game, but. It's, <laughs> It's very subjective, and you're meeting someone for a pickup game in a in a club, and you've not got match rules to go by. Someone turns up with their narrative list based on a theme that they've had from a, a novel they've read, and someone else turns up with a different form of narrative, which was a bit harder than the other form of narrative. And you can have a very imbalanced game, at least with at least with games with match play. Um, even if someone takes a really really top list that they might take to a say a hundred point GBHL event. Um, it might still smash the other player, but the, I think the gap between the two is going to be a lot closer than if you pick something now from a narrative scenario versus a an event list, so to speak. The gap won't be quite as big. I think the scenarios are a great leveler for uh, such battle. To be honest with you, it's a much more nuanced set of scenarios. I think, um, particularly with the way that the victory conditions can change per game, certain. Scenarios will favour certain army types, and others would find it harder. So, if you mix your types of games that you play, you won't see an emergence of a particular type of army dominating the others. You need a more balanced army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, definitely. Um, okay, so before we veer off the topic anymore, um, other game aids and things. So, what what have you guys got, or what you intend to get? Um, are you I've got the general's pack. I found it really useful. All the counters in there, especially now for your for your knockdown models and your your spells and things. It's pretty much got everything in there you need, even objectives really. Um, and then, like I said, the um, the quick play, quick reference sheets, really really good. And it's really nice to have the twelve main scenarios and those little kind of A five side size sheets and stuff. It feels it feels the game's very um, well supplied with with gaming age as compared to some systems. Yeah, I really need that next. That's my next thing to get. That and, um, you know, some form of trackers. You see them uh, in the groups, people are 3D printing them. Yep. So you'd have your characters where you can put your dice in the trays and it sort of denotes how much might, will, and fate. Um, uh, someone local Peterborough, Josh, he does a lot of 3D printing. Um, so I've had a couple of cursory conversations with him about putting something together for that because uh-huh. I think they're a really good idea. They do look nice. I think, well, with me using cards, I wouldn't use them. Um, if I ever got to the stage, and I don't see this, my brain doesn't work that way, but if I ever got to the stage where I was a kind of, I know my stat lines off the top of my head kind of person, I'm just needing to record those things, then they'd be perfect. And it'd be really neat. But um, yeah, I think I'll be sticking with my cards. Uh, what about yourself, Sam? 
Um, I was very much on the same road as Dan originally, where I was looking at getting the 3D printed boxes because they're also quite small in comparison to like the cards, so you can have quite a few of them on the table. Yeah, um, I've got the cards with the sleeves lovingly provided by Stu. Um, I will probably forfeit that and just stick with the cards and a dry white mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see me definitely using that. What about other things? I've got um. I'm still looking for the perfect uh, measuring tool because <laughs> um, um, I sometimes play dwarves and I sometimes play humans and uh, I want it to be very, very easy for me to not suddenly move six when I should be moving five and so on and so on. So I want to find the, the perfect measuring widget that's got all the, the right measurements on there for me. And I find ones that have got six and then two and one or something. You, you kind of suppose you ideally need... Um, three and we use three inches a lot and um six inches i'm i'm sure there's one out there somewhere but um um what about you do you use normal tape measure or do you like to use those kind of things as well uh, i have actually got one which is six two four and one uh-huh. as the four sides the four's and good for you i suppose isn't it with your um yeah like <laughs> not not really moving anywhere um <laughs> And that works perfect for me, uh, especially with the um, Uruks on one side and then the uh, Hobbits on the other. Yeah. Works perfectly. I I don't know where he got it from. It was given to me by Ricky from my local gaming club, who also runs confrontation events. Um, uh. But that's a completely different thing for 40k. Um, and he got a bulk lot of them, and I think it's from counter-attack bases. Right, yeah. I think they and do custom things as well, don't they? They did all my dice originally, the old Emperor's Path ones. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm pretty sure they're on eBay for about thirty pounds each now. But um, <laughs> you know, because they're like a relic. Only um, <laughs> yeah, um, your face on. Sorry, picture of my oh, face on. Yeah, they were worth a lot then. Is that the one with the picture of Sloth from the Goonies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so pretty. <laughs> um. Guys, you promised me we wouldn't bring this to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that one seems to work perfectly for me. But I think, obviously, with all the different races and stuff out there, it's actually quite difficult to get one that matches your needs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe I'm just asking for a bit too much. Or if I got one with them all on there, it's going to be some massive, unwieldy, uh, unwieldy thing. I picked up something from Element Games. That, that doesn't seem too bad, to be honest with you. Um, but, um, hmm. Mm, I'll find one that's perfect at some point. What about you, Danny? You just, uh, I imagine you're a standard tape measure swinger, aren't you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, until I invent all the the Swiss Army measuring tool, I think. Oh, I'm gonna do, uh... words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's very much uh, tape, tape measure, really. Um, it's done for every other game I've played since. Uh, you know, since I was using the uh, second edition 40k whippy sticks and blinding my brother with them, so it's. <laughs> His, his tape measure's been the way forward, nicking my dad's old uh, tape measure all the way up to, you know, the, the GW ones, which seem to last about 15 seconds before they break. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I think we've probably done gaming aids to death, to be honest with you. It's not the most uh, riveting of, of conversations. Um, without making the obvious uh, innuendo jokes, no. <laughs> um, one final thing I thought we I did want to sort of touch on today. So we're talking about the availability of those cards a little bit. Um I just wondered what you two thought as newer players than me, and I've only been around for a year or so, but what you all 
initial experiences were of kind of made to order and models not being available um and i'm not i don't mean this from a negative point of view i'm just interested what your thoughts were when you looked that you go to buy a model and find it's not there or something comes up and made to order and you're trying to understand what it what that means for the game and um well i'm not um, I'm, this is not to be contentious i'm just genuinely interested in and in, in, in what your thoughts were because you see mixed responses from people online about things well, you saw my response when I looked up how much uh, some of the Lothlorien characters were before the recent... <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a case of... Um, well, some of it can't be repeated. So uh, now they've re-released a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me, uh, Thranduil. I, I pre-ordered him at the weekend um, because I'm not paying that kind of money. No, it's just daft. Yeah, um, yeah, I completely understand. I, I understand it's a buyer's market. I, you know, I collect other things that are, are of... A limited run, etc., and they demand prices because of scarcity. But this is this is toy soldiers. It's blooming daft money for some of them, and just to play a game with. And these are people who are going to sit on them when they'll grow dusty on a shelf. Yeah, I don't agree with it personally. I'm not a fan of uh, basically chiselling people. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the fact that uh, Games Workshop have seen there is a demand and they're looking to uh, bolster the range because. You know, there's a lot of items in the books they're releasing that aren't available anymore. Mm-hmm. Providing those to the community, I love that. Um, it means that everyone can get involved, particularly for us latecomers. If you really want to grow the community, you need new blood. So it's very discouraging as a new person to come in and see. You know, you're going through the books. You think, oh, that person's awesome. I'll have a look. Oh, it's not the GW website. Right, and you get that sinking feeling. You look on eBay and it's seventy quid. You're like, oh no, <laughs> and it, it kills a bit of that hobby joy. And it's nice that. GW have just gone, no, that shouldn't be. We'll, we'll offer you all these models. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to have metal ones turn up and some of them have turned up in resin. And it's, it's all very mm-hmm. it's all very interesting in that regard. It's quite it's a little bit of nostalgia. And uh, I've been painting up uh, my uh, Lothlorien actually in the last couple of days. So it, it's been quite interesting. And it's nice to play around with some of these old models and be able to get hold of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Right. Has it been an issue for you at all sam i suppose you have your your local gold mine of retro oop stuff so you've probably not even noticed that you've been a shortage of things for all certain models um it's yeah it's not, it's not really been a problem for me because i was we, as we just discussed in episode zero i i was lucky enough to find someone who basically had a treasure trove of stuff to have my pick um however i think the actual idea of it whilst when they did it with some of like the 40k stuff, like the old Chaos Sorcerer model, I understand it. But with this, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because there's stuff that is constantly not available. And then it comes back on made to order, not available. Um, I think it'd be really nice to sort of... I don't know business, so please, this isn't something that I'm well-versed in. It'd be nice to see sort of like a rotation schedule on what they're doing so you could at least plan... Mm-hmm. how long you need to wait for something because obviously like Dan said if if he had purchased the Thrandor at the eBay price and then the next day he finds out that it's gone up on the Games Workshop for made to order you can imagine how infuriated he would be <laughs> um, but as I say yeah. I don't know business don't, yeah. don't at me <laughs> or anything about but yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was um I, th- I think the idea of it is really good, and especially because you hear a lot of the names, uh, like this person's good and this person's good, and 
models unavailable and then all of a sudden you see them appear on the made to order and i think that's really good yeah i i, I, I it's mostly positive isn't it it's not i think there's good things that, that, that they come back i think um i think there's a couple of things so as a lot of as new players you see you often see people moaning on the, the groups and things you may not be aware but i th- I think it was made quite clear when the new edition came out that their intention was to bring everything back that they could, especially when there's gaps in the in the line. So they will be coming back. And the other part of that is to repack stuff. So something comes off sale for a, a, a few weeks and then it comes back and it's as a set of three or something like that. And that's what we've seen with this last lot of releases, which aren't made to order either. They are permanently back in the range. Um, they might go out of stock because people have bought them and it's a, it's a warehouse thing and they've got to cast some more but those things are back in the range for good as far as I'm aware so it's going to just take time and we have to be I suppose as hobbyists we need to be aware that these things might be out of stock for a while until they're repackaged and brought back out again and we were aware of GW's new warehouse I don't know if it's been finished being built yet or but we know that they're looking to expand so they've got space um, you might know more about that than me, Dan. You've got your friends that work there. Is it finished yet? The new warehouse? Is it? Uh, as far as I'm aware, not quite. Because they're building a second workshop for casting as well. Um, so all this stuff will help them, won't it? All this stuff will help them keep more lines in in stock. Oh, yeah. And then by they're re- very committed to um, retaining their um, production and manufacture and storage in the UK, which I think mm-hmm. is quite admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. God, that wouldn't be good at the moment, especially. Well, we won't talk about political things at the moment, but oh, no. yeah, you don't. You, that wouldn't be good for the company at this sort of stage for them to look to do some of that kind of stuff. But um, I think that's you know they're the, the people don't like to hear it, but they're the logical reasons I imagine why we haven't got all of these things at the moment. It just takes time to get them back, and then the reducing the amount of SKUs helps as well, doesn't it? So that oh, you saw that even at Forgeworld, didn't you? So we didn't mention it, but when the when Haleth and Aldor were released, we've got. Um, and the Nazgul of Dolgador were re-released, weren't they, as a full set? And before yes. they were out in threes, I believe. So it's a pain in the bum if you bought three and you want to. You're planning to go back and buy the next three and then another three. So it's definitely an expensive outlay to go and buy them all. But by doing that, that's one product code for all of them rather than multiple. Um, and I think True. that's one of the reasons they've done it as well. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, the hobbyist, I don't know. I think the good thing is there will be more more SKUs, more products on sale. Will they be Middle-earth? Not necessarily. They might be other, you know, there might be Necromunda on Forge World or Heresy or any number of other things. But it's definitely them trying to manage their business and be a bit more kind of balanced with it. But um, I, the only thing I would, I wouldn't say a problem with, but there's most of the models that are made to order seem to be alternative sculpts or kind of packs like the Almond Hem pack that kind of stuff that you don't necessarily need to play the game because there are alternative models to use and the only ones that I kind of think that are a little bit odd and would like to see them back more would be things like your, 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 your Kurdan or your Kardush I picked up Kardush when he came back and made, made to order um, mm. he's a profile that's in those books and you can't currently buy him Um Yes, he's more of a minor profile than the ones they've just brought back. So that would be the only thing that I would say I'd like to see come back as a as a major thing and actually on the on the shelf. But I suppose if they're packing thing models in threes, what's he going to be repacked with? So maybe that's why Serdan was kind of on its own. Serdan Kurdan, I'll go with. If I say both, one of them's going to be right. Um, yeah. 
maybe it's because they're on their own they they just got no way of kind of they didn't didn't know how to repack them in that way that's why they brought them back but but other than those i i don't know which models are in the books that have come back to made to order are now profiles with no model again or which made to orders were just again alternative sculpts it does feel like most of them were alternative things so we can't complain too much when they're not there because they're not stopping us playing those profiles someone might be able to tell us give us give us a list send us a list of all the models that uh, individual things that aren't available at the moment i'm not definitely not going to be flicking through the books to try and find out but (laughs) um right then so anyone else got any anything to add to that or we can peter away into a boring end to this section i had just i really like the cards and i i've got one thing about them that is i can see why they've done it but it's also a little bit for the completionist if that, i don't know if that's the right term uh in me the and Stu, you might have seen it all of the cards that i've seen have pictures of the models yeah bar two in the shire section yeah and in my head, I know there's no model for them, <laughs> but it hurts my hurts my heart so much that there's uh, no picture of so, a model. So Rosie and Hamfest, Hamfast, yes. yes. Mm. I wonder if they had. I wonder if the models have been sculpted yet. I don't know. I, I suppose in the Shire book, none of those new models had images, did they? No. So the book, it was and, point suggested the book was finished before the models were at least. The models were painted anyway, ready for for photographing. So, yeah, I'm the I'm the same as you. I, they're like, oh, where's my picture? But yeah, it is it's irrelevant to the situation. However, it has helped me massively able to work out which one is brace girdle and which one is whole foot <laughs> that set because I have no idea which one was which because they're exactly the same. They've got exactly the same walk gear and they're just in different poses. So now at least I know which one's brace girdle and which one's whole foot. <laughs> Oh, I do like these profile cards. I'm looking. I haven't played a game since I've had them, so I'm looking forward to to uh, reminding myself of the, my war machine days with my dry wipe marker and going home with pen all over my face because I've wiped it off with my finger um, when I've gained something back or cleaned my card, and then I scratch my nose and I rub my cheek or something. And I used to go home and uh, go to the toilet, look in the mirror, and I'd be covered in pen, just like a <laughs> just like a six year old at school learning to use a fountain pen. I look like a complete state because that's the kind of scruffy person I am. I think I probably was back when I was at school. It was quite a while ago. You young fellows, you. Um, right. So on that note, we will take a break and we'll come back and close down the show. And welcome back. So we're just here to say goodbye, really. So the regular close down of the show. Thank you again for listening. Um, Hope you enjoyed episode one, a bit more of a a regular show uh, rather than the uh, the kind of the the narcissistic self chat that was uh, episode zero. Um, So um, I'll start with you, Dan. Have you got any anyone you want to anything you want to shout out before we go? Just the usual boys down at the uh, Legion of Peter Gamers. Obviously, the uh, regular podcasts who are putting other bits for Middle Earth onto the airwaves for us. Fantastic. What about yourself, Sam? Uh, mine's just my usual narcissistic ways. Um, you can follow my other podcast, which is a proper narcissist podcast, or <laughs> APNP. Um, 
which uh, covers uh, basically we create characters to put into a D&D world and it's themed in the style of the archers um, and yeah if you want to follow myself you can catch me on at empress underscore path on Instagram or you can get me uh, on Twitter at APNPod on uh, Twitter fantastic he's really worth listening to and if you you're probably wondering D&D and the Archers well you have to listen to find out but it's quite amusing um, so things to shout out um, I mentioned in the last podcast that I've been organising an event I did share it in the GBHL and all the other major groups recently so it's called Flotsam and Jetsam it's a doubles event in, in at Incon Gaming in Cheltenham on the 21st of March next year um, there will be it's 500 points per player so a thousand points aside only three rounds one day so it's nice and laid back and relaxed um, it's a proper Swiss tournament but there'll be some side quests there's two painting awards rather than just one so it's a peer voted and a um, judged best painted for your armies there's a themed um, doubles um, team um, award as well so if you're if you're doubles at uh, allies are kind of within the law and maybe built nicely or maybe nicely painted so it's not just pure painting but a kind of a like a hobby award kind of thing um and there'll be a few extra things as well so lots of lots of fun lots of awards very very laid back um go and check out flotsam and jetsam so if you head over to incon gaming um on facebook or um online search for incon gaming and look at their events it's on there um check the links on our um, Facebook page um, or just search it in um, GBHL you'll, you'll see it pop up um, have a look there get it, in your, get it in your calendars early talking of Incon Gaming um, and the local scene really I should have should have spoke about this in episode zero really um, but it was, it was in my show notes but I never really got to it but I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to the the local players who I um, chat to with most days on our little Facebook messenger if you are in the Gloucestershire area or nearby to Gloucestershire there is actually a good friendly little scene going on not always visible in the Incon Gaming um, Facebook group or the Gloucestershire um, Hobbit Facebook group um, as a lot of the chat ends up being in this um, Facebook thing but there are players so if you ask in the, the Incon chat or the Gloucestershire chat you'll be able to get hold of us um, and Mel Mascarenas runs lots of events or has done in the last few years and his name will be known in the UK um, event scene um, and I'm thank you to Kate who gave me my first game back in January um, and a few of the other guys we chat to quite a lot so there's Matt and Matt and um, Jack and Ben Stanley you know Ben um, helps me out with quite a lot of lists and rules questions he's my kind of sanity check with a few things um, and, and there's too many names in there to really mention without um, forgetting them all um, James Dawson who, who seems to play every game under the sun and also listens to our other podcast um, and Scott Weifert's recently moved to the area so he'll be known to a few of you listening to this from his uh, um, painting exploits and winning lots of awards for his painting so um, I'm sure we'll have him on at some point to do some painting chats and other than that um, please like our um, Facebook page um, which is um, OOTFP pod cast um and if you want to like join our group and have a little chat in there with us um just search for out of the frying pan podcast or ootfp pod um you will find us on facebook the same on instagram and twitter there or thereabouts um 
so please get in touch have some, if you have any questions for us anything you'd like to cover on the show and uh, we will catch you soon bye Run!